Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 74 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Carolyn Dooner, who you probably know from Instagram as the Fuck It Diet. If you don't, then you're going to hear a lot more about her process creating this book and this framework, and you're also going to hear a bit about her latest book that she's working on, which I'm super excited about. So before we dive into that conversation, I just want to share a few things with you that I have going on right now. Um, So if you are looking for some more support with intuitive eating um, and you really want kind of just something that you can go on and work through yourself, I just completely revamped my introduction to intuitive eating online course. Basically, this course walks you through the 10 principles of intuitive eating, talks to you about how to apply them in your life. And then also there's a whole section on common misconceptions that I see time and time again with clients that are coming to work with me one-on-one. So this whole section will kind of walk you through common misconceptions and sticking points on the intuitive eating journey, and it'll kind of show you how you can avoid those hopefully right from the beginning. Um, So if that's of interest to you, you can go to my Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD, click the link in my bio, and you'll be able to access my self-paced intuitive eating course. And then if you're looking for even more support on your intuitive eating journey. I'm actually running a group coaching program that starts this coming Friday as this episode is being released on February 26th. And it's gonna be from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, It's running for five weeks and all of the sessions are recorded. There's also multiple options for enrollment. you know, if you're looking for kind of added support, you can have messenger support between the sessions with me, as well as a one-on-one session with me during that the five groups, or the five weeks, I should say. Um, yeah, and this group, basically, it's perfect for you if you are, you know, excited about intuitive eating, but also really, really scared of the idea of letting go of dieting and letting go of this goal of trying to make yourself smaller. Maybe you have a lot of fear around how your body might change in the recovery process or how it already has been changing. Um, and maybe you're feeling really out of control around around eating. You like the idea of being able to just like be peaceful and, and um, yeah, have a peaceful relationship with food, but you just don't think that that's going to happen for you. If that is the boat that you're in, this group is totally for you. Um, so once again, if you're interested in this this group, It's starting in just a few days, so go to the link on my uh, Instagram and get registered for that. All right, guys, with all of that said, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Carolyn. All right, Carolyn, we are good to go. So excited to have you back on the podcast. I love getting people back for a second time around, so thanks for coming on. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes. So I am so excited to talk with you more about the fuck it diet. I have so many clients who end up like 
coming to me after reading the fuck a diet or like learning stuff from you. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I love love hearing that so much. That makes me so happy. It happens all the time. And I'm like, Oh wow. Cool. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I want to start by asking you just to like share well, actually, let me like back all the way up. And for those who uh, those who haven't uh, heard the first episode of you on my podcast, why, why don't you just like share a little bit about like what you do, who you are, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a writer. I mean, that's what it's really come down to. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a medical professional. Um, which is why I just love hearing that people read my book and then go actually seek help from a medical professional, you know, like that just makes me really happy because it makes me feel like I'm like a part of the picture, but I know that it's not like the full, you know, a lot of people, you know, there are people who can read the fuck a diet and help themselves. But there are a lot of people who really do need that extra extra support. So Mm -hmm. um, I am a writer and I've been writing about diet culture ever since 2012 when I was basically prying myself out of my own kind of extreme disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And I'd been dieting pretty intensely going from diet to diet to diet for 10 years, even though six of those years I was telling myself that I was eating intuitively, I was not. (laughs) And I was kind of twisting it into this hunger fullness diet and convincing myself I wasn't dieting, but thinking about food and weight nonstop and trying to eat the smallest amount possible. And I was just so obsessed, but I was doing it because I believed that I was a food addict, A because I completely acted like one and felt like one. Um, And two, because I've been diagnosed with PCOS when I was a teenager. So I thought it was really important that I, you know, I thought that dieting could kind of like cure me or that it was really going to be extremely important for my health. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I was actually probably making my health significantly worse um, from the yo-yo dieting and the constant attempts to like eat the smallest amount of food, eat the smallest amount of carbs. And, um, and I was, I was the binge eater and I always had been. And so I figured, I always figured that my problem was overeating and food, you know, food addiction, as I said, and I never really understood that my problem was restriction even. So I read the intuitive eating book, like halfway through my decade, my decade long you know, dieting. Yeah. And I remember how much it spoke to me. And I was only 18 at the time. Um, and I remember thinking, I remember it was the first time that I was like, wow, I, I didn't realize that diets could be at the root of, you know, someone's, you know, relationship with food or bad relationship with food. Mm. And so it definitely like, that's what made me start to kind of like trick myself for the next six years and say, okay, well, I'm not going to diet, but I'm just going to, you know, listen really, really, really closely and, you know, (laughs) eat like a French woman or whatever. Like I was always (laughs) twisting it, you know, into, you know, with, with a lens of diet culture, but basically, um, after those, you know, at the very, very end of those six years, I went paleo again because I was still struggling with hormonal stuff and, um, still feeling really addicted to food and thinking that maybe a, a, a diet, a low carb diet was going to like heal me from the inside out and heal all my cravings. And I just, I, I could see how quickly it actually made me even more obsessed than I was when I was doing sort of pseudo intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And 
I was obsessed. Like I was constantly listening to paleo podcasts and reading paleo message boards and reading paleo blogs. And I started hearing from some people who had blogs or would make posts that eating super low carb had ruined their metabolism or had ruined their hormones. And there, I remember there, there was this one lady who said that she wanted to have a second child, but mm-hmm. because she'd been eating so low carb, she lost her period. And wow. I remember her saying, I am going to eat more carbs. I'm going to rest a lot more. I'm going to gain some weight. I'm going to sleep a lot. And um, I'm going to see if that heals my hormones. And I sort of like started following her journey being like, what the fuck? Are yeah, you what kidding are you doing? <laughs> I was like, and I'm not kidding. Like that was the first time that I ever really heard and understood that weight gain was not always unhealthy uh-huh. and that weight loss was not always healthy. And for me, someone who had been dieting and trying to eat the smallest amount possible for 10 years to try and heal my hormones, mm-hmm. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like what? And I also remember some other guy, and I actually don't even know how true this is, but some, some guy who was into super, super low carb, he was this paleo guru. I remember him saying in a podcast, he was like, well, you know, when you eat super low carb, you actually become more insulin resistant, but it, it doesn't matter because you're not eating carbs. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, what? Okay. Like, are you kidding me? I swear I've been trying to heal and reverse insulin resistance or, you know, I don't even actually know if I have insulin resistance to be yeah. honest with you, but that's always what they say is like uh, the cause of PCOS, yeah. even though I don't necessarily think that's true for everyone with PCOS. But, um, I just, it was those two things that I was, those were like seeds that were planted in the back of my mind. And then it was just one more big binge on paleo treats that I made for myself. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I see. I see now. This is the first time that I've understood that the reason I was never actually able to eat intuitively is because I was obsessed with controlling my weight via food. Like that was the, that was the time that I was like, I get it. I can't heal my relationship with food and still control my relationship, my, my weight. I, I just, and that was, it was like, and I had been so obsessed and so deeply miserable for, for, for 10 years. And I was only 24 at the time, but I had, I mean, it had been like very, it had been everything I focused on. Uh Um, and I made the choice. I was like, okay, I'm going to heal and I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to kind of face my food fears. And I have this sense for some reason, I have this sense that it's going to help my relationship with food and that it's going to lead to like a, a like a less um, out of control relationship yeah. with food. And I really didn't have like, it's so interesting because back then, like I wasn't on Instagram really, or if I was, <laughs> I like followed my friends only. This is 2012. So I, I didn't really understand that I had misinterpreted intuitive eating. Uh-huh. I thought that 
every, cause then, you know, I read all these books from the, pe- from people who would twist intuitive eating too, or yeah. I would like follow blogs of people being like, eat intuitively, just listen really closely to your body. You can be skinny. Like <sighs> I saw so many other people twisting it into this weight loss thing. Yes. That I thought that that's what the book did too. I didn't reread it cause I figured yeah. that I interpreted it correctly, you know? And to be so, fair, the earlier editions do have some yes. talk like yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. I think I, I have to assume I read the first or second yeah. edition just looking. So I, you know, I really didn't understand that, that there were people out there who could actually help me navigate this. I actually thought that nobody would understand and that they would tell me that it was really irresponsible and dangerous. So yeah. I didn't seek help. I was like, I need to do this by myself because no one understands. Yes. And I started writing about it. I started researching. I, I, because I knew I had to accept my weight wherever it, it wanted to be. Yep. I started reading. I started looking up fat acceptance books. Interesting. And I remember I read, um, I just had this sense that it would, it would help if I could really like radically you know, accept and, and kind of like learn from people who were actually doing that, even though I've always had thin privilege and always been in a smaller body relatively. I mean, yes, I've yo-yoed like extreme, extreme amounts, but I've never been fat, but I just knew that that was kind of the spirit that I needed to embody. And so I read, I remember I read fat. So and lessons from the fatosphere. And I believe it's so I don't remember whether I read health at every size and then I read fat acceptance or whether I read fat acceptance books and that led me to health at every size. But either way, uh-huh. when I read health at every size. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. It confirmed my like intuitive hunch that what I, that it would be better for my health to stop micromanaging my weight. And the rest is history. I was like, how come nobody knows this? How come nobody talks about this? And I remember I was working through my own relationship with food and kind of like overthinking things. And I remember it being like, fuck it. Like, just fuck it. I just need to fuck it and go on the fuck it diet. This is ridiculous. I'm sick of overthinking this. And I immediately was like, oh, that's, That's good. <laughs> and I looked it up. I was like, the fuck it diet.com. Does it exist? It doesn't. Bye. And I was like, I'm just going to write about this. I'm going to start <laughs> writing about this. And, you know, I didn't have any, I had no reason to think that anybody would really read it, honestly. Um, but I knew that it would help me to kind of like document it and um, explain yeah. it almost just like to myself. And it very, very slowly started. Like I started. I, it definitely, and I always was a writer, but I'd never, I'd never written anything that anybody read. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely was notable when people were sharing it and people were commenting, yeah. people who I didn't know saying like, this has kind of changed my life. I was uh, like, really? Cause it's changed mine too. Like <laughs> it's not just me, it's other people. So it kind of just grew really slowly to the point where I had a book called the fuck a diet come out uh, almost two years ago at this point. So, you know, what I love about the fuck it diet and why I literally always recommend it to people is because I feel like it does such a good job of like your book does such a good job of meeting people where they're at and like speaking their language. Um, and I love that. So I feel like that's why, like, it's like, you know, it's, it's blown up to what it is is because it really, it is meeting people where they're at. It's using that kind of language and it's, it's very easy to read and you're describing really, complex things that are going on that are so countercultural, right? And yeah. it's an easy to read way. I'm so um, glad to hear that. Cause you know, I, I, 
I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I, I have so much imposter syndrome being like, I don't know. Sorry. There's, that's my dog. Aww. Molly, Molly, please. No, please. <laughs> um, she's just seeing people outside. And going I know crazy that's and... like, I have two big dogs that are every time. Someone... I just wish like, if there was anything I could do, like if I had a house where I could like be in one part of the house and she could be in the other part, <laughs> my house is just so weird that like, there's just no way. Right, there's right, just right. no way. Um, she'll stop eventually, but I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I like, you know, I definitely have this imposter syndrome where I'm like, how did I get in this position of kind of explaining this to people when I, you know, I'm not a dietitian and believe me a couple of years ago, I was like, should I like go back to school just so I don't feel like such a fraud talking about this? I just try to be super clear. And then I realized like, no, I really, (laughs) I don't, I want to be, you know, I want to be a writer. I want to continue to write about this and other things. And, um, so I did not go back to school to be a a dietitian or a therapist, though I did consider it, but I, you know, I just try to be super clear that, you know, this is stuff that I've learned. You can read up on it just the way I did. And this is how I like to explain it. This is the way that I explained it to myself to make it make sense. What I experienced. Um, This is what a lot of people are afraid about. This is what a lot of people do to misinterpret intuitive eating. And I'm just like, so glad that it actually helps and gets through to a good amount of people. Like it's just, it kind of feels like magic sometimes. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that you understand me. (laughs) Yes. Again, like it's, yeah, it's wild. It's so cool. Um, So Carolyn, I want to ask you now that you've like, you know, explained a lot of like your process of like arriving to creating the fucking diet. Like how do you, what is your elevator pitch for the fucking diet? Or like, how would you describe what it is? Such a great question. So I would say it depends on, you know, who I'm talking to and what they kind of come at me with. But I would say that um, dieting makes people feel really out of control with food. And we don't realize how much of our obsession with food and our binging and our feelings of feeling out of control and feeling addicted to food and feeling like we eat too much are actually caused by restriction and restrict, restrictive behaviors and also restrictive thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, you know, just educating ourselves on why we're experiencing what we're experiencing with food mm-hmm. can help so much. And then also in the book, I, I explain how to actually begin to step out of that diet binge, diet binge cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love how in the book you will basically have like, the, I don't even know how many parts, but there's like, you know, the physical part, the mental part, the emotional part. Um, and I just love how you break it down that way. Cause it really shows all of these different elements that are kind of at play that keep us stuck in the, in the diet binge cycle and like how to move out of that. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget being like, what order should I put it in? Because <laughs> truly it all happens at the same time and they yeah. all affect each other. Um, like the emotional part and the mental part, all of our beliefs and our, all of our guilt around food and all of our, you know, suppressed emotions that we actually use dieting to try and numb yeah. those things affect our kind of compulsion, so to speak, to restrict and to go back on another diet and to micromanage our food and our weight. But our, our restricting our actual food and calories also affects how obsessed our brains are yeah. with food. So there's no way, you know, I sometimes even tell people 
it might be helpful to read the book through just to get a sense of what you might experience and then to go through and kind of address things in your yeah. own life. Yeah, totally. To get like a bigger picture that, yeah, it's such a, uh, such a mess, <laughs> such a, like a huge fluid issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I'm curious to hear from you now, like to just like transition a bit. Cause I've seen like whispers of you working on a new book. So I'm curious to hear like, yeah, just like what the deal is with this new book you've been working on. Yes. Okay. So I literally just sent it to my editor, the final <laughs> version yesterday. So Wild. it's written and it is, it is a lot about kind of our extremist relationship with self-help. So our extremist relationship with diets and spiritual self-help. And it kind of goes through my own story of my diet obsession and my miracle cure obsession and all of the crazy self-help books that I read and kind of twisted. Um, But it's really about how much those things burn us out. Mm-hmm. And so the the kind of the hook for the book and the, what I thought it was going to be about, I thought the book was going to be about rest. Mm-hmm. And in some ways it is because that's actually where the story ends or this yeah. particular story that I'm telling after the exhaustion of running myself through the ground, trying to be skinnier, trying to be better, trying to be more impressive, trying to heal myself from the inside out. Yeah. I'm trying to hate myself into improvement. I finally realized, and this was a couple years after the fuck it diet. So the fuck it diet changed my life and my relationship with food. But then a couple years later, I found myself really burnt out still. And I realized that I had all of these beliefs. So, so many of the beliefs about body and weight and worth are things that I worked through in the fuck it diet, that I still had all of these beliefs about worth and happiness and success that had to do with my career and my personal life and my, you know, how productive I was being and how impressive I was being. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had been forcing myself, I lived in New York at the time. I lived in New York for 10 years, actually. Um, I went to school for musical theater. So a lot of my obsession with dieting and obsession with self-improvement and becoming more beautiful was because I was going to auditions, auditioning for like the ingenue on Broadway, you know? Um, So I just had this constant pressure on myself and this constant, uh, I I just, I was under, I had myself under a microscope Yeah. and I, I had a really, really, really hard time letting that part of my life go because I loved it so much, but it's also this weird cultural thing of like, I can't fail at this. Like everybody from high school thinks I'm going to be on Broadway. Like I have to just push through and become prettier and Uh, get, get rid of my audition nerves. And, um, so I actually decided to move out of, so this is to really explain what my book is about. It's about my relationship with dieting and self-help. But then the last third of the book, I would say, is when I went on my two years of rest. So I moved out of New York. I gave myself permission to say no to jobs and social engagements and pressures I was putting on myself. Um, I decided that I was going to radically, I was 28 years old and I knew that 
like, I knew that there's this like weird marker with becoming 30 where you're like, Oh, I have to like, I have to be impressive. I have to get to this place. I have to, you know, I have to be engaged. I have to, uh, you know, I have to, whatever, like I have to figure it out what I'm doing. Um, and I just could, I could kind of see that in myself. I could, I could identify that kind of subconscious pressure because I always had I always wanted to be like a happy, kind person to myself, but I, in my subconscious, I was not. Yeah. So I was always anxious, always feeling guilt over, you know, not doing enough, always, um, just, I just always felt this like dread and, uh-huh. and, and, um, like self-scrutiny that I finally was like, okay, it's there. And it's always been there and it always will be there unless I really, really deliberately like figure that out and Mm. become aware of every time I'm such an asshole to myself and kind of unpack that. It's the same thing with, you know, going through um, healing your relationship with food. You have to do a lot of awareness around the subconscious beliefs and the subconscious ways that we're kind of like torturing ourselves that might not be, they might not be conscious thoughts, they might not even be things we want to be doing to ourselves, but it's still happening and it's still affecting us. And it's still affecting our relationship with food, affecting our relationship with our body. And I was just so able to see, like, I'm still doing that in so many other ways. And I need like a, like a healing period, like a very deliberate buffer to kind of see if I can stop or at least see if I can stop the majority of it. And so I embarked on this two years of rest that, um, was amazing and has, you know, it's still like, I'm still, (laughs) I'm still like, people are like, why just two years? And it was just this kind of the same thing as like the extremity of the fuck it diet, the extremity of like, well, you're going to really need to eat a lot of food and just like really, 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 I mean, really, really let yourself rest. It's not that you stop doing that. It's just that the extremity of it. Yes you know, it kind of naturally balances itself out. So, so that's the same thing that I kind of experienced with my rest. Um, but then, you know, beyond just my story, it talks about the cultural kind of the cultural themes that we're all experiencing, um, that I was putting on myself that lots of us are putting on ourselves. And Mm -hmm. as I said to you before this, before we started recording, I really needed to work on my elevator pitch for this book. Can you tell? I just talked for like 10 minutes and that was my elevator pitch. (laughs) There's a lot, there's a lot there. I kind of think it's interesting because like you've started this obviously like quite a while ago, a couple years ago or whatever. And we're just in a really interesting time for this past year where people have been forced to, and I don't know, like kind of right. Like, but also maybe has it ramped up? Like they're like, well, I got to be working Yeah. Like, so the thing that I talk about in the book is that rest is a state of mind. It's not like just being forced to not do anything. I don't consider that rest because I think the majority of people will just begin panicking. Um, rightly so. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not right to, to panic when all of your kind of like choices and autonomy and things you love to do are taken away from you. But But the panicking also comes from, I should be exercising more. I should be doing more. I should be figuring this out. I should be cleaning my house, you know, five times a week. I should, you know, so I really think that without the kind of 
deliberate mental shift to permission to rest and permission to rest as a state of mind. I don't really consider that rest. That's another thing I talk about in the book. When, when people say rest, they usually think, okay, so like sleep or rest from work or rest from physical activity. And all of those things are great ways to practice rest, but it's not what I mean when I say rest. And when I say I'm resting, because what I really needed to do was, was figure out all of the ways that I never let myself rest in my own mind. Do that you know is what I mean? so interesting. Yes. And obviously my mind goes to thinking about like how you, I mean, going on the fuck it diet, working on your relationship to food and body, like I've achieved a place of more restfulness around that in that one. Yes. Way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I still had all this pressure in other ways where it's like, well, you know, if I let go of the pressure to be perfect and beautiful and skinny, I can at least be extremely successful and blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's still other places that we will apply that pressure. And like, it's not, it's not that I'm saying like, don't have goals, don't ever work. You know, that's not the point, but the point is like that extra kind of subconscious societal pressure that we don't necessarily realize we've even internalized. You yeah. Know? That is so interesting. And I feel like all of this is like, so relatable, especially for, I mean, obviously I'm thinking about like the audience that um, is healing their relationship to food and body. And like, I, I don't know, I feel like it's so relatable. I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on that book. Yay. <laughs> just got to work on my elevator pitch and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this just got to come up with a subtitle. So I, I'm almost positive that the book is going to be called tired as fuck. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> but then of course I'm like, okay, I just need to be super clear. Like I'm a little afraid cause it is a little bit different from, you know, the fuck it diet I would call like a self-help book that's infused with a little bit of humor and a little bit of a little bit of storytelling. Uh-huh. This is like 60% storytelling, 40%. Let's talk about how this relates to all of us and what we can do to rest more and the ways that we're being hard on ourselves. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, I would not call it a self-help book. And so I want, like, I'm really afraid that people are going to pick it up and like expect it to be something that it isn't. Yeah. And so right now, like literally I'm writing emails to my editor being like, okay, so what should the subtitle be? Like, does it need to be clear? Like that it's my story. So people aren't like annoyed, (laughs) you know, but so we'll see. I'm not sure. Yeah. That is interesting though, but the title is, is on brand on, it's like perfect. You got it. Oh, so glad to hear that. So glad my mom was not happy. She's like, (laughs) Caroline, are all of your books going to have a curse word in it? (laughs) But it's the same one. So it's, you know, it's consistent. I know. She was just like so excited that I was going to move on, that she was going to be able to tell people that her daughter wrote a book that she could actually say the name of without being embarrassed. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, thank you so much, Carolyn. This was awesome. Can you please tell people where they can find you, where they can find all of your good stuff, what you got going on? Yes. So I spend way too much time on Instagram. So you can go to Instagram and follow me at the fuck it diet. Um, and if you want, so I have a podcast, I just went on podcast hiatus for a couple months, but I have plenty of, of old episodes that you can listen to. It's called the fuck a diet podcast. And you can find anything that you might need that I have created and that I have out there through my website. So that's the fuck diet.com. You can find my podcast. You can find my book. 
uh, or links to buy my book. You can find a blog. You can find, um, I guess that's it. I guess that's all, that's all there is, but you can find anything that you might need to find about the fuck a diet through the Perfect. Awesome. Thank you again so much, Carolyn. Thank you. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 74. If you want to hear more from Carolyn, definitely follow her on Instagram at the fuck it diet. She's on there all the time in, in her stories, posting, um, and has a lot of great content. Um, and if you haven't already, definitely check out her book, The Fuck It Diet. Um, it's so great. I really recommend it to so many of my clients. Um, so that would be a great resource for you if you're looking for some added support and you like reading. Um, and then finally, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, if you want some extra support with intuitive eating, um, you can definitely check out my revamped introduction to intuitive eating course, completely self-paced. You go on, purchase it and work through it at your, you know, your, at your own pace, essentially. Um, and then finally, if you want extra support, my group coaching program is starting this coming Friday, February 26th, and you can get registered for that in the link in my bio on Instagram as well. Thank you guys so much and I will talk to you soon.